Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. Our community is a fierce collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And I'm your co-host, Grace Moore's founding partner of Revolution Her. And today we're talking about gender diversity in the modern world with Coco Brown. Now, Coco Brown is the founder and CEO of Athena Alliance. Athena has helped thousands of leaders grow and advance in their executive careers and has brought over 400 women to corporate boards from growth stage private companies to name brand public companies. Coco has personally worked with hundreds of top leaders, CEOs, and boards to evolve modern leadership. She served on 10 commercial and nonprofit boards and advisory boards and has led two notable companies, Taos, acquired by IBM, and now Athena. She is part of NASDAQ's Governance Insights Council and is often called on to share guidance to the evolving focus and breadth of responsibility within the modern boardroom. We have a lot to unpack today. We are very excited. Please help us welcome Coco Brown. Thank you. What an exciting topic we've got today. I'm super excited about this. I think we're going to have some great conversations today. Thanks for being here, Coco. So we're going to start right at the beginning, actually, because, you know, like you said, there's so much we can dive into, but we want to know if you can share a little bit about your journey to bringing more women to the boardroom. That's quite a calling. How did you get to that point uh, in your career? Yeah, well, I have to say it's one of those things that makes perfect sense when I look back at it, but I had no idea for 90% of that journey that this is where I was headed. (laughs) Um, So, and and a a few by way of examples, I actually, when I first graduated from college, um, one of my very first ever uh, jobs was to do analysis for board compensation. And I didn't even remember that actually until a couple of years ago. And I was like, wait a minute, this is exactly where it started. Um, but I, I was a psych major and, um, and so I started in human resources and I started in HR consulting. And so that's sort of, you know, kind of that anchor part of the story. Um, and I became a vice president when I was 28 years old, 27, 28 years old. I, I don't remember wow. exactly, but, um, and so I was quite young when I made my first step into an executive role. And, and I've held executive roles the entire time since then. I'm 52 now. Um, and I was at that time in a, you know, Silicon Valley, deeply embedded in the tech world. I was um, running two thirds of a professional services company as the VP of professional services in deep IT infrastructure mm-hmm. Um tech, you know, so servers and networks and databases and cloud and, and data centers and eventually DevOps and all this stuff that um, in some ways I had no business being the head of because I was a psych major. <laughs> and the only code I've touched in my life was HTML, you know, so kind of crazy. Um, and I found myself at that point uh, 
maybe a handful or two of so less than 20 of our consultants out in the field were women when mm-hmm. I was running this team of consultants that got to about 700 and, and some in the peak of the dot-com boom. And uh, and then the bust happened and we nearly imploded. We went from 750 teammates to 70 in what felt like overnight. I was doing mass layoff. Wow. It was really horrific. And the two owners of the business came out of retirement and said, hey, no, hey, nice to meet you, essentially. <laughs> um, and uh, we'd like you to become the COO of the company. And then I eventually became president COO and do a turnaround. And so at this point, now I'm in my early 30s. I was you know, 31 at that point, uh, 30, 31. And, um, and I spent the next couple of years doing a turnaround. And by the time 2005 came around, and now I'm 34 going on 35, I, that's when, you know, that's when I started to realize that my gender had a part in it, um, in like in a, in a, in a meaningful way. Like I always knew that I would get these sort of crazy looks and I had all this sort of like, but you're a woman. And, but I didn't really think it held me back. And, but at that point I was, I was becoming bigger and bigger and bigger in, in the organization. I was at the top and I was also becoming bigger in the ecosystem and meeting with VPs and C C level people out there who are customers. And, and that started to really feel like, you know, I'd walk in the room and people think, well, who is she and what is she doing here? You know, um, Mm -hmm. it's mostly men, um, in, in a, in a very male dominated world. Um, so anyway, fast forward, I'm going to sort of wrap it up now. 2005, I created a dinner group of women and it was female chief information officers. And that group started at eight and it grew and grew and grew. And by 2015, 10 years later, it was 150 some. Wow. wow. And I got a mandate from that group. At that point, I had stepped down from running Taos. I you know, sold my interest, stepped off the board and I was looking for what I was going to do next. And I got a mandate from that group saying, that's it, Coco. <laughs> do something with us, <laughs> get us on boards. And so I sort of set out with this like personal PhD experience without the cost or the degree um, <laughs> and spent four years figuring out how to get women on boards. And in the process created a commercial model that two years ago launched as Athena Alliances today. Wow. That, okay. First of all, that was probably the most beautifully succinct journey story I think yeah. we've ever had. And just, you know, to picture you as a young woman in her twenties that has followed along this path kind of, it's astounding to me. And I'm so excited that you were able to tell us how you landed on Athena Alliance. That is, that's amazing. I, I'm really excited to dive in. And for anyone who's listening, don't worry, we're going to find out all about Athena Alliance, but yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So I, I'd love to explore maybe some of the strategies um, that that we can share or that you can share for women who are looking maybe to make that jump from ma- manager to senior leader and how is the best way to do that for, for women? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think the, the thing that worked for me and that I'm always advocating for is, for, first of all, don't don't pay too much attention to what everybody tells you, you know, that women have to check all the boxes before we raise our hand and we wait to be asked and all these things. These things will remain true for as long as we give them truth. Mm, (laughs) And so you need to deny them at this point and don't, 
do that. And it's the opposite of what I did, you know? So I, this was 20 some years ago. Now, one of the things I did when I was 26, 27 years old was I was responsible for a group of consultants in the San Francisco office and the salesperson had failed and the C, the, the, the home headquarters had decided they were shutting down the San Francisco office. And I didn't want the San Francisco office to be shut down because that's where I didn't want to have to commute all the way to <laughs> this other place, you know? So, so I made the case, I built the case that said this office needs to stay open. And I was in a totally different function, you know, out managing the consultants. But what I did was I said, I do know the customers. I know the customers' environments. I know what our consultants are doing. And I can introduce a lot of the customers. So don't shut down the office. Let me tell you what the opportunity is here. These customers will stay with us. We have expansion opportunities over here. We can leverage this one to do more in this area. And there's a business here. And so this is just young me saying, you know, I put a report together and I took it to my boss who took it to her boss, who took it to the CEO. And then one of the owners of the company said, all right, who is this Coco Brown? You know, set up some meetings, take me around to these customers and let me see what you're talking about. And so I did. And that put me on the radar, right? So I think secondly, another big, but big example is very similar to that is uh, a VP of professional services was hired and uh, this was you know a year or so later and that person uh, did not succeed was was out of the job within two weeks and it was right before an offsite of the executive team and so they the CEO came to me and at this point I was I think a senior manager or something maybe I was a director but anyway I was pretty low level still. And um, he said, hey, do you want to represent professional services at our offsite? And I said, sure, (laughs) which meant I had to go to all my peers, including people who had bigger titles than me, and figure out what is this thing called professional services, because we had never created it before. And the guy who had come in was supposed to create this new function, this new department. And I represented the community and then the team. and, And then he said, you know, hey, do you want to run the team? And I said, sure. And so, you know, go off and think about it. I'm really paraphrasing, but go off and think about it. And, you know, when you come back, let's talk about how you'd run this, this department, you know, that you're newly putting together. So I came back with an org chart and at the top of the org chart, it said Coco Brown, vice president of professional services. And he took a big gulp. <laughs> Let me think about this. I, I wanted you to run it, but he hadn't inter- intended to give me that title. He was sort of yeah, well, we were going to figure that out as we went, I guess. I And so, but he came back and he said, all right, fine. We'll give you this giant leap forward and, you know, give it a go and give you the title. But he didn't give me the salary. He and so didn't. Months, no. So six months later, I came back to him and I said, hey, am I doing as good as that guy was supposed to do? Yes, mm. absolutely. You're doing great. Have I lived up to your expectations? Is the department coming together? Is it? Yep. Okay. Then pay me what you we're paying the other guy. I don't know what you were paying him, but if I'm doing the job, you should pay it to me. Oh, and wow. he said, huh, good point. Really good point, Coco. All right, hang on. And he came back and he gave me an outrageous raise I never in my lifetime would have thought to, to ask for. Isn't so, that awesome? Yes. So my point is, is, you know, I know there's a couple of really great takeaways there that I really want to focus on. So I I love the, I'm just going to recap because I think they're really good. <laughs> so I love the fact that you're not waiting for everything to be perfect. You're not 
before you move in forward. And I love that you're coming up with the solution to a problem and, and putting that together in a way that management then, then can use that to, to change the business. And so that's, and then staking your, your, your claim in the ground, putting your flag in the ground and saying, okay, yes, I'm going to run it. And this is how I'm going to do it. Like that, having that organization chart, like hats off to you. That's just, that's great advice. I love that. Yeah. And then on top of that too, then we just had this conversation. Yeah. Uh, we went to a conference for feminist leaders in politics, actually, um, here in Canada. And we had this conversation about the fact that you do need to say, hey, you know that guy over there that you paid all this money to that is doing the same job as me, if not less than? We need to be equals. Or yeah. feel free to top it off. It sounds like you had someone who definitely saw the big picture yeah. as well. Well, it's hard also, you know, when I snuck up on him with the, you know, I'm doing everything right, right? Doing good, doing good. And he ha- he said, yes, yes, yes. And then, I mean, what can he say when I say, well, then you should pay me fairly. Absolutely. Like, if yeah. he's a fair person, then he says, you're right. I should pay yeah. you fairly. Yeah. yeah. But it's very difficult for women to make those. I find, well, it's not it is a difficult conversation to have and a lot of women don't feel comfortable having those conversations. So by laying out the solutions that you're providing and getting the confirmation that you're doing a good job, you're making those steps easier for yourself in terms of having those conversations. So it's, it's about structuring those, those conversations and planning ahead before you go in mm-hmm. and making sure that you're able to prove and show your worth. So, um, and obviously that you did that, that's awesome. Did that very well. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like. All right. So, I mean, those are definitely some some positives that have come across your way along the journey. Um, what about obstacles and challenges maybe that you've faced or that you've seen other women face both externally and internally in that climb towards a C-suite level or boardroom position? Yeah. Well, I would say, um, you know, there's some things I can't talk about, but of I would, say, I would say that, um, the rumors of Silicon Valley are true. You know, I've experienced all the best and the worst <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, and it's not, you know, I, 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 I laugh about that. I mean, I say it with a laugh, but it's, you know, it's, 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 it's horrible. It's terrible. It's, it's hard to be a woman, particularly in the tech field, but it's also hard to be a woman, um, in any field trying to get into senior ranks. It, it's really challenging. Um, and you know, what I see about women who do persist and, and are at the senior ranks is, is that they just keep persisting. They just, you know, ignore, ignore the, the things that knock us off our feet. Well, or we pick ourselves up and we dust ourselves off. And I mean, some of the, the big, challenges I've had, um, you know, that it's, it's hard as an entrepreneur to get funding in the Mm -hmm. the United States, women get 2% of venture funding. So you have to figure out how to self fund. Um, Mm -hmm. you, you know, so you, you do the things they say about it being harder. It's true. And it's, it's interesting that, it's hard to see your privilege when you have privilege. So the people with privilege don't realize that you're working harder because they mm-hmm. know that, they, you know, they, in their own way, they, they're working hard too. 
But I think a lot of the things I had to overcome was, um, and one of the reasons that I created this dinner group was, was just sort of the, the difficulty of asking the dumb questions, you know, cause they're not dumb questions. They're just dumb because you look like you're not the right person in the role, you know? So, right. so I, the dinner group I created was about creating a space where we could talk about data center strategy and business continuity planning and not about how hard it is being a woman, but just the stuff we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis without the imagery of being a woman, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like, we're yes. just cool. So that was that I had to, that's why I created that dinner group was to overcome that problem that I had. Um, uh, And it it just helped so much. And it really opened things up for me because we are powerful in numbers, which is, you know, why, why Athena exists. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But, you know, the, the big, biggest struggles I've, I've had, there's also the family struggles. I have two kids. I, you know, one of my things I negotiated for when I agreed to take the role back in 2001 of uh, COO of the company and do a turnaround was my brand new baby who was three months old at that point was going to come with me everywhere I went. And that meant my husband was too. (laughs) And so, you know, I had to, there were things that I, I, you know, I, I have rules. I don't miss um, field trips. And if I do, it's very rare. I volunteer in the classrooms. I pick up or drop off at least three times a week. Now my kids are 21 and 18. So none of these things happen. (laughs) But, but that was a real struggle. I really, really struggled with how much I wanted to be a very present and engaged mom with their lives and, and with all of the random moments, not just the planned moments and how, how important that was for me. I, I really had to work it at that struggle. And I think that's something that, you know, as women, and I mean, all parents go through that, you know, in terms of that family life, but I, you know, more and more often the story kind of falls on women who have to figure that out and almost choose in a way, how am I going to make career or work work and also family, right? There's, there's, we've definitely seen that shift. So I love that you actually made that a non a non-negotiable within your terms, because a lot of times people don't feel confident enough to be able to, to ask for that. So I think that's really fantastic advice in terms of anyone listening who thinks, you know, they might be pigeonholed or they don't know how to uh, get what they want. Um, Sometimes just asking, putting it all on the line. If you are good at what you do, clearly you have been right. They want to keep you. Right. But I do think there's also, sorry, going off topic a bit here, I do think there is also that element of that imposter syndrome that a lot of women face of not feeling worthy or how, how would you deal with like, how do you deal with that? Well, I think, I think there's, there's a couple of things. I actually embrace imposter syndrome. It's, it's real. We are imposters until we're not. (laughs) We're all making as we go along, you know, even everyone, everyone who's striving for something new is, is, is imposter until they make it, you know? And so we've all got a learning curve. We've all got things that, you know, are the thing we're not good at while we're taking on the things we're good at. And, um, and so I, I just look to embrace it. I think vulnerability and transparency are incredibly important. Um, you know, so saying to your team and your teammates, 
you know, I don't know if I know what I'm doing in this area. This is what I do now. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, and being transparent and even like early days when I took on that VP role, there were people who had been in career 10 years longer than me. And, you know, and, and, and even when I took on the present CEO role, the CFO started reporting to me and she's like, what do you know about finance? Right. And so, you know, even there though, you have to say, look, you know, I'm, I'm here for these reasons. Right. And so you, you have to help me with these other reasons, you know, these yeah. other like, so we're going to partner, we're going to be together in all of this and, and, and just embrace those things because uh, otherwise we, David Bowie, the famous singer for people too young, don't know David Bowie, but he's, <laughs> everyone knows David Bowie. <laughs> you should know David Bowie. You know, he says you, you got to walk out to where your feet just, till you get to the point where your feet no longer can feel the bottom of, of feel the sand in the water, you know? And yeah. that's when you know you're doing something interesting. Well, that's that's exactly it. Like you got to go to scary places or you don't evolve. Yeah, it's so and true. I I I think there's a lot we can take away from that. Like in terms of we do all experience that imposter syndrome, but also it's it's been that honesty and that transparency, but also focusing on what you can do and recognizing that you need support in different areas is. Is it, the way you said it is beautiful. It's 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 key. It's um, mm-hmm. and I think and the, we should all remember that. Like we we are here because there are things we are good at, but yes, there are things that we're maybe not so good at, and that can sometimes hold us back because we've not checked all those boxes, like you said, right at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. But just imagine that feeling on the other side of imposter syndrome, which I would like to think a lot of women have had. You know, when you have that doubt, but you push past it and you're on the other side, you've successfully, you know, kind of gotten to that stage where you no longer feel like that imposter for whatever that task is. And you can look back and think, shit, I did that. I did that. I got that done. I think the other thing is that we're sort of known as being, you know, less risk taking than the men, you know, or wiser risks or whatever. But I think the, and we, have, we, we do tend to, to feel that we have so much more at stake. And I think particularly if you don't have like wealth generation in your family where you're like, ah, well, you know, I've got my, you know, my parents to rely on. And, and I was completely self-made 100%. And I was the only breadwinner in our family. And I've had moments where we had to float our 401k and borrow money from our friends and fire sale our house and we're okay you know and yeah. and i i think trusting yourself is a really important piece of it and having a good structure around you that trusts you too yeah yeah really important yeah i love that we we had this conversation actually earlier in the car today yeah, so you did. just hit <laughs> if you see us getting teary it's cuz we just you know had those deep thoughts earlier yeah. this morning. So um, I love that. Yeah. So, so one of the other things that, um, that you talk about is the strength that the strength of weak ties. Can you explain what that is and, and how that can help women with career growth? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the, actually a little bit of a, maybe a Canada story. There's a, there's a community of women and I should remember the the name. I feel bad that I, I blanked on it for a moment, but it's um, uh, there's a community of women in Canada that are all entrepreneurs and 
I think it's path to Silicon Valley or uh, something like that. But there's a woman here in uh, California who is Canadian, who's bringing sort of creating the ties between them and, and, and the Silicon Valley ecosystem as entrepreneurs looking for investors and advisors and board members. And, and, um, and, and that's, that's sort of playing on this concept of the strength of weak ties. So the idea here is that your strong ties are the ones that know you the best. It could be the people in your immediate, you know, ecosystem of friends and family and work and industry and, and anything, or, you know, your little core group of however you, you, all the different ways you have these, these places where people know you, those people have given you everything they can give you within a very short period of time. It, it, it doesn't change much at all. You know, they, for years and years, maybe they make a few new connections that they can make for you, but, but for the most part, they're not going to advance you. Yeah. Um, they're going to be your trust, your shoulder to cry on your, you know, believe in you, the get back up, up off your feet on your feet, but they're not going to make things happen for you. The people who make things happen for you are your weak ties. They're the ones that are um, sort of degrees a little separated. You, you know, it's kind of that happenstance as you go to a party and you talk to somebody brand new that you never would have, you know, instead of sitting with the same people, instead of sitting at the table that makes most sense comfortably, instead of staying in your comfort zone, you go and you meet other people and you get curious about them and they get curious about you and they go, oh, you know, I know someone. It's like those airplane conversations, you know, where yeah. you end up, like, I was sitting next to someone who, you know, and then we, you know, like those are the weak ties and we don't invest in enough, enough in them. And, yeah. and the idea is to really build strategy around you, how you cultivate weak ties, but that you build those weak ties in relation to things that you need to achieve and, and goals. So you're very purposeful about how you find them. Yeah. Oh my I goodness. I've never that. heard that actually ever explained. I don't think we've ever really talked no. to that. I love that no. breakdown. Um, and it is so easy to, to just fall into the same patterns and lean heavily on the people that you know best. You know, Grace and I just had a conference that we went to and we sat at a table with impressive women that realistically we should have been um, a lot more shy and quiet, but it was so fascinating it to was, sit with people. Yeah that we'd had no idea what they did. And we just learned so much. So it's so true. The the opportunities that can come when you're willing to kind of put yourself out there, the weak yeah. ties, strength of weak ties. I love that. Oh gosh. I got to dive more into that. So oh, I want to yeah, talk. On that. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. So there is, right. We can look that up and do all kinds of work there. Okay. That's going to be my next, <laughs> my next project. Um, I want to dive into Athena Alliance because, I mean, obviously this is a passion project of yours. You know, it, you were almost voluntold. This is what's going to happen. It sounds like at the dinner parties, right? So um, I'd love if you can share a little bit more about Athena and how it helps women take their careers to the next level. What's that yeah. magic sauce? Absolutely. So, um, well, one thing is, is that we've really embedded a lot of thinking and uh, structure around optimizing for the strength of weak ties, whether you're in Canada and Toronto, or you're in, you know, Topeka, Kansas, or you're in Singapore. Um, it, the, the part of what Athena does is we create intimacy and close connection and easy access 
to the right person to, the, to talk to for the right at the right time within our ecosystem. So imagine if you were, you know, just a a a simple example. um, One of our members is shutting down offices in Russia and she's like, I need to talk to somebody else who's shutting down offices in Russia. (laughs) So, you know, that when you have a big ecosystem like we have, and it's facilitated with technology, but also humans in the, in the loop in the right way, you can connect people um, across all sorts of regular barriers like mm-hmm. geography and 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 whatnot, um, to create to create stronger ties around things that they need to a- achieve. So that's part of what we do. Another part of what we do is if you were to imagine Netflix for business. So in other words, you know the com- not comedy, drama, and family, but our our categories. We are a production house. We're constantly doing live virtual learning that becomes recorded and edited and in our library that has vast amount of content around categories of building, governing, you know, funding, operating a company, the CEO, entrepreneurship, investing, you know, business. So if Netflix were for business, um, and then the third big piece is situation-based coaching. So, you know, working with an expert on things that you need, you know, this is the biggest negotiation of my life. This is the biggest stage of my life, you know, sort of um, where you need an expert, all of this sits under one roof. And if you imagine sort of the equivalent is like the university experience, there's a career center. So we also in our career center, if you will, the outside world comes recruiting for board members and advisors. And so we help women position themselves for that and and um, put themselves forward for that. So that's all under the one umbrella of Athena Alliance. Wow. Yeah, we both said, wow, there I'm... <laughs> I, it's astounding too. And it, it makes so much sense that given your track history and, you know, where you started to your success, that this is where you would land. But I love that it happened in such an organic way and you're doing so much for others. So do you have a few stats you can give us on, you know, how many members you have and, you know, the, the work that's being done? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've made in the two years that we've been a commercial business, we've made over 2000 connections between our members with 4.9 ratings out of five. And we do that, you know, with facilitated warm introductions through our, our humans that are in the loop. We've brought over 400 women to boards, um, which is pretty phenomenal. That's yeah. actually a lot. Um, we, you know, we have Oh gosh, we have 1200 members and growing. Um, I think it might be closer to 1300 members um, and and growing, uh, although we believe in responsible growth. So our model is one of both sort of the strength in numbers, but also growing slow enough that we can create, continue to keep create the intimacy and the power in the system. Um, And then um, 437 videos in our library and, uh, wow. Yeah. Um, and now you're global. It's not a, it's not just the U S is that right? Global. Yeah. That's amazing. So, I mean, I know a lot of our listeners are, um, based in Canada, but predominantly North America. So if someone wants to get involved, what would you say is the one piece of advice you give to anyone who's thinking, mm, maybe I should, but I'm not sure if it's for me. What's how, how can someone get started? Well, I would say um, if you're at a level, 
you know, roughly speaking, if you're if you're an entrepreneur building a company to scale, if you're an investor and in, you're know, building companies through your investing, if you're um, getting close to the C-suite, so maybe senior director and above, um, if you're in the boardroom, if you are a C-suite executive, then Athena is definitely for you. And and the the thing I would say is that for anyone who thinks, well, maybe I don't have the time or maybe it's not the right time, I would say that's the wrong thought process. It's absolutely the time because the more you invest in your future, the bigger your future will be. Yeah. And and you absolutely have the time because the way we've designed it is for, for me, <laughs> we yeah. designed it for really busy people who have no time on their hands. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I know exactly what that feels like and, and how you're trying to optimize for family time or other things you need to do or getting the, you know, so we've optimized for that. So we know how to support people who are busy and have no time. Wow. And I wrote that down. The more you invest in your future, the bigger your future will be. That yeah. just got me all tingly. Okay. <laughs> I handed over to Grace. <laughs> so, um, so what's next for you? So how do you see in terms of, of you, your growth and Athena's growth? What's, what's next? What's on the, on the vision board, on the list of things to do? Yeah. Um, so we we see ourselves, so it's athenaalliance.com, um, not to be confused with any other Athenas out there, but we see ourselves as the way for the modern leader to stay on top of the world and achieve the most that they can out of their career. Um, so we see ourselves as the destination for, like today, we're only for women. We see ourselves as the destination for all executive women. Um you know, uh, and in that we see ourselves, you're, we're not doing anything that the guys don't also need. The guys, in fact, guys are always saying to me, when do I get to join? Um, yeah, we get that too. just as much as we do. But the, but the thing is, is that women are uniquely the right people to be reshaping the world because we are the underdogs. We are the ones who are not comfortable with the way the system works today. Yeah. Yeah. And it and makes so, sense when yeah, you for women. <laughs> yeah, it does. It makes sense, right? And and we talk all the time. Like I said, we we were just with a feminist group, and you know the idea that the patriarchy has been built to serve men. And so, yes, there's lots of different groups out there. But when you see organizations like yours or even like ours that are predominantly speaking to women and saying, "Here, here's a way that we can collectively work together to lift each other up," or as you know, we've been and talking a lot about. Up. Yeah. pull each other and lift as we climb, right? I'm, I've reached this stage in my life. You know, I want to teach you younger wise woman to kind of join me in the ranks. So when I'm done, I know there's someone else doing the same thing. Did you have a lot of female mentors on your end that you can say helped you along the way? Um, in different ways. Yeah. I, I mean, early in my career in the early nineties, very old school mentoring um, of woman to woman, very old school, sort of, you know, how to survive in a man's world, sort of mentoring and yeah. <laughs> do's and don'ts and, you know, wear your hair in a bun, wear glasses, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but fabulous women who, you know, had achieved, you know, by playing by the rules. Um, so a couple in, in that case that I would, I would name, you know, Jeannie Palmer, yeah. Vivian Golub. Um, 
And, and then, and then it was like a big gap. And, and then I had, you know, these women that I started having dinner with, um, they pulled me through some very dark times in, in my life. And, um, uh, and, and, and so that community that became Athena, you know, and now I have to say to you, I'm, I've spent so much time in this new world that we're creating that I, I, when I was last, last fall, I was at a conference where I was one of the few women and it was a highly technical conference. It was like back in my old world, it was in the tech world. And, and I, I was there and I was like, wow, I feel like I just transported myself back 15 years and it still exists. Like I'm in my bubble of this great, you know. I know exactly how you feel. That's exactly how I feel. And I talk to my, talk to my, my peers that aren't necessarily in, in our world. And it's, it's, there is this sense of a time warping that we're surrounded by women encouraging each other on and mentoring each other and supporting one another and lifting each other up. And it's so easily to be not in that, not surrounded by those, those people that you you forget how valuable and how yeah. much, or how much value is around us. So mm-hmm. I, I totally can relate to that. That was just recently I had that epiphany in terms of, well, well we've, yeah. Sorry, I jumped in there. I didn't mean to. Yes. <laughs> to um, uh, it's important though. It is. Yeah. It's important. And I think, you know, for anyone who's listening, if you're looking around and you don't have that network, it can be very easy to find yourself, like you said, in a room where you're one of very few women in that room. And if you're not in that situation very often, I find it's really important to have a network around you that can give you those tips, even if it is putting your hair in a bun to, you know, whatever that is, there are ways that women before us have figured out how to kind of adjust the system. Now we're seeing that a lot of women are saying, this is, it's too much. We're changing the system altogether. And finally we're, we're seeing the steps we need, but it's so true. You can find yourself. So I love that Athena Alliance offers that opportunity for women to have expertise yeah. and knowledge all in one room. So the work you're doing is so important. It's, yeah. um, I think we might have a girl crush. I think I'm just going <laughs> to. We're all crushing over here. <laughs> just putting it out there. Oh, this was so fascinating. So please, yeah. for, for those who are listening, you can find more information at athenaalliance.com. And of course, we'll have all of Coco's information uh, on this podcast so that you can go look her up, maybe, you know, see what's happening next and just follow along on Coco's journey. Now we're not done yet. Uh, we do have some rapid fire questions for you, Coco, because, you know, we've been able to kind of see a little bit into your insights along your journey, but now we want to just kind of close with some insights into you, the woman, um, and really what makes you, you. So I'm going to start by asking the first question, which is what does self-care mean for you? Self-care for me is conversations with my kids. Um, you, you know, I, I, they are my entire world as I think, you know, I'm not unique in that. I just get so much joy out of spending time talking to my kids. So that's what, if I need some self-care, I pick up the phone and I call one of them. <laughs> Aww, I that's love lovely. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're right in the teens. 
<laughs> stage right now. And I think trying to get our sons to talk to us at any point is like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. So um, I think hoping as they get older, they open up a bit more. But yeah, that would be <laughs> lovely. Oh, I like that answer. Okay, what's on? We talked a bit about what's on your on your bucket list for Athena, but what's on your personal bucket list? Um, personal bucket list. I mean, I'm. I think I've I've been to third forty some countries in my mm-hmm. like. I'm definitely a world traveler. Yeah, me too. We're you know global nomadic, you know, we'll go anywhere. We love it. Um, travelers in my family. And so I definitely, I want to do some, um, traveling in Africa and my daughter really wants to, to do some work with the elephants. I hear they're just such yeah. great. So that's on my bucket list. I, I think, um, you know, broader bucket list is just to follow the kids wherever they go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Are any of them hoping to like study in Paris? That's what I tell my daughter. <laughs> our, our, son, our son is going to go study in, in China. So oh, and wow. been there three times. So, you know, I'm happy to go there. Uh, although it can be tenuous right now. I yeah. He's planning a study abroad in China. Oh, that's amazing. That'd All be right. A wonderful experience. Yeah. Yes. I know. I don't know why, but I just keep telling my daughter she's in French immersion. She's in grade nine. And I always say to her, just honey, Paris is lovely. I'll come visit you. I'll stay with you the whole time. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Paris would be fabulous. That would be a great, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I'm going to go a little off track here. And I want you to think back to little Coco. So little Coco before Silicon Valley, before, you know, everything that you now have gone through. That little Coco, would she look to the woman you are now and be surprised at all that you've accomplished? I think so. In, so, in some ways, yes. Although my dad always said, you know, you're going to take care of your brother and I, and, <laughs> and, and I took that to heart. I, I really thought that was my, my job and um, meaning financially, he's like, you're going to go, you know, so, uh, and it was never a question. You're going to college and, you know, and, always in, in invest what you make and never touch the principal and only live off the end. Like, I mean, I always had all these sort of like, you will succeed sort of messages <laughs> um, uh, uh, that, that I, I really took to heart. And I've always been somebody who knew I could run things. Like I just, I wanted to run things and I wanted to build and I want, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. So in that sense, but I think in another sense, no, I, I didn't, you know, I, I was very lonely a lot growing up. Um, we lived in a rural area when I was younger. Um, it, I, middle school was horrible. I had those times where literally everybody hated me. You know, one girl in the mm-hmm. class made all the girls hate me. And you know, so there was a lot of things in which little Coco was sort of felt like she was, not important in the world and not, not going to be very popular, certainly in the world. Um, Yeah. But kids are the worst though. And really young girls are the worst. They can be the worst. So (laughs) I'm glad you uh, came out the other side and it's just fun to look back and think, wow, really that little person, you know, it's exciting to see all that you've accomplished. Yeah. So um, I have one for you. So if you had a theme song, what would it be? Oh, my God. Uh, hmm. 
Um, or maybe a song that just gets you going in the morning, or maybe it's a song you signed off, sign off with at the end of the day. Um, I, you know what? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have, I have, I have <laughs> like more recent favorite bands like Hippocampus and Young the Giant. And, um, and I do love lyrics. Um, I can't, I can't, if there was a song and I don't know which song it is, but if there was a song that basically, you know, spoke about how, if you can do something, you must do something that would probably yeah. be a song. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. There's got to be something. Okay, we'll, we'll put that on our list. <laughs> so staying on that theme of music, then, if you could drop everything and go see one band, any band, anywhere. Past, present, future. Well, not present, yeah. uh, future. Sorry, because obviously we don't know. But okay, um, well, so past we'll, or, or, or uh, present. The, the, main, the main singer of this band is it, it, it passed away in the 90s. So it was, it's a big bummer. But I would love to see In Excess. In oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I would love to see In Excess. Yeah. My mom bought that album. Um, I think it was Kick. And so Beautiful Girl, like all those songs we would listen to yeah. all the time. My sister and I, who's a yeah. few years older, they would have been great live. Yeah. 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 That would That's have been. a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Australian band. I think we have time for one more, Grace. Okay. One more. Let's have a look. What should we go with? Um, oh, can I? Yeah, you could jump in. I have something only because. San Francisco has been on my bucket list. I am dying to visit the West Coast of the U.S. I've visited a little bit of the West Coast here in Canada, but um, I would love to know what's one of your favorite things to do locally. I love um, the Legion of Honor in San Francisco. It's um, first of all, it's in a beautiful. It's it, it's uh, I guess the north. Is that the Presidio? Anyway, it's, it, I guess it's the Presidio or sort of pseudo Presidio area, but it's this beautiful area of San Francisco that looks out at Golden Gate Bridge and out into the ocean and just gorgeous trees. And the Legion itself is a museum. And I happen to really love the old Dutch painters and, you know, and, but I don't really like them unless I can get, you know, where they, they have the bowls of fruit, but if you're right there and you can see the texture right of the paint. Yeah. 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 Or the old scenes of, you know, surgeries and families like that, that was when they started painting kind of human scene, regular human scenes. It was no longer just about religious paintings. It was kind of that phase of, of the history yeah. of art. So they've got really great exhibits and it's a very small museum. And um, so it's easy to get, get in and out of. Um, but I great. love that area. Say, so can you say, share the name again, the Legion? The Legion of Honor. The Legion of Honor in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adding it to my list. Thank this you so much. This has been amazing. <laughs> this has been, I, I knew this yes. would be a great conversation. Yes. <laughs> We pump ourselves up. We're like, okay, we know this woman's done incredible things, but then you, we're always blown away and truly yeah. you've blown us away with just how much you've accomplished and how much good you're doing for other people. Um, you know, with Revolution Her, obviously, you know, we're so passionate about women uplifting one another and 
it's just really exciting to know that you're in our circle right now and whatever we can do to help support you, um, please count us in. We are lifelong fans now. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Well, likewise. Yeah. If you want to talk more about, you know, uh, anything, let me know. I'm always here. Thank you. Thanks, Coco. I'm also well, very easy to find on LinkedIn because I'm generally speaking, I think one of, if not the only Coco Brown, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I think I'm going to pop up quickly if you if you type in Coco Brown on LinkedIn and I'm happy We to will be stalking you people. now. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. And if somebody heard my revolution her, I'll be more likely sure. to say yes to the connection with you, you know, if, if yeah. the people listening you on on red because then I then I then I know the context. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Well, and for anyone listening, you know what? If you found some gems today, you know someone that can benefit from the Athena Alliance, or you got some inspiration, please feel free to share this episode, um, rate and review. You know that helps us to continue the work that we love to do, which is uplifting and amplifying women's stories around the world. So, until we uh, join you all again, thank you so much for listening. And Coco, thank you so much for your time. We absolutely love chatting with you. We'll see everyone again soon. Bye.